Hi, I'm Gavin Givanoni, Professor of Neurology from Bart's and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and I'm talking you talking to you today about the <clears throat> current heat wave, and if you have multiple sclerosis, uh, what to do. Um, I'm having to work from home today, not because I necessarily want to be at home, just that the um, public transport I would normally take to work has uh, been halted because of the heat wave. So if trains can't run, could you imagine what people with multiple sclerosis are experiencing? experiencing. Um, I looked on the BBC website this morning and they're reporting that today may be the all-time record for the highest temperature recorded in the United Kingdom. They're expecting temperatures close to 40 degrees centigrade today and, and tomorrow. Um, the current record is 38.7 and that was set in uh, Cambridge in 2019 and they're expecting it to be broken uh, today. <clears throat> How are you, uh, a person with multiple sclerosis, tolerating uh, the heat? Um, we know that many people with MS are heat sensitive and will get worsening fatigue. And they may get uh, recurrence of pre-existing symptoms. We call these pseudo-relapses, which is essentially due to heat-induced intermittent uh, conduction block. <laughs> other problems include poor sleep at night uh, and it impacts on a whole host of other issues in relation to the management of multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> now the reason why people with MS are so sensitive to raised body temperature is that when you have demyelinated axons or even when they are remyelinated the myelin never comes back to normal and the so-called internodes that's the myelin uh, sheath is uh, reduced in size and thickness uh, and so the conduction across that myelin is never as good as it was uh, when you were fully myelinated uh, in, in a normal situation. And so what happens is the temperature um, affects the conduction because the little electrical um, system that causes electricity to move down nerves, the so-called sodium channels are quite um, temperature sensitive and they work in a very narrow temperature zone. So if you increase your temperature, they often fail. And then if enough of them fail, you um, you don't transmit down that. The other thing is they can be, become hyper irritable. And some people actually find increasing positive phenomena, pins and needles, pain, whatever, uh, with, a rate, with a rise in temperature. And the same thing happens with cooling. Um, but people with MS tend to have more problems with heat than with cold. Um, anyway, I've put up two little videos on the uh, website just to explain this. The first is a, w a website just showing you normal, what we call saltatory conduction, down a normal axon uh, that's fully myelinated. And you can see how efficient and rapidly the so-called electrical impulse or action potential bounces down the nerve. In the second video, I show you a, a demyelinated axon, and you can see this axon is allowed to recover. What it does is it synthesizes sodium channels down that axon, which restores conduction. This takes several days to weeks to occur. So you can imagine if this was an axon in a new MS lesion, for the first few days or weeks, you won't be able to conduct down that axon and you'll have loss of function. So it could be weakness, loss of vision, loss of sensation. And then over a few days to weeks, conduction gets comes back. And the reason why it comes back is because that axon starts uh, conducting again. And you can see that the impulse really drags itself down that um, axon very, very slowly. And you can see how much energy it takes. Um, uh, this particular video integrates the energy requirements um, uh, with this red track behind it. And you can see it's exhausting just watching this action potential go down this axon. 
And you can imagine if this was just uh, what happens across your whole brain and spinal cord, particularly with people with more advanced disease, how much energy it takes just to function. And this is kind of why people with uh, multiple sclerosis um, find any physical or cognitive mental exertion so tiring because it requires so much more mental energy to do any task. And I think the uh, MS community or the general population just don't appreciate what it takes to function. Um, when you're having to deal with so much uh, energy deficits in your in your brain and spinal cord. <clears throat> anyway, so just to say to you, Uthoff's phenomenon, which was described by a famous German ophthalmologist, uh, Willem Uthoff, um, really refers to the visual system. So in people who previously had optic neuritis, when they exercise or get a, a, a fever or body, a raised body temperature, they notice blurring of vision in the previously affected uh, optic nerve. We now know that Uthoff's phenomenon is not specific to the optic nerve. It can occur in other systems. So, so it can occur, for example, so you, let's say you've had previous weakness in a right leg and you go out exercising or you get a temperature, you no, you'll notice your leg dragging or becoming weak, um, which is autops. And when you rest and your temperature comes down, the function comes back. We don't have any specific treatments for autops phenomenon, um, although we do have a drug called fampridine. Fampridine actually improves the safety factor of conduction of nerves and is licensed uh, for improving walking speed in people that have mainly lower limb weakness. I have had a lot of uh, patients uh, report to me that autops phenomenon, the blurring of vision also responds to uh, vampirine and fatigue response to vampirine and it's not uh, too difficult to imagine that if it works in one neuronal pathway it should work in another neuronal pathway however it's only licensed for a very narrow indication for improving walking speed in people with uh, lower limb um, involvement so just be careful i mean it's common sense to be honest with you just wear light loose fitting clothes try and avoid uh, direct sunlight but if you do go out just protect yourself wear sunglasses sunscreen take a hat take water or cold water with you and if you can stick to the shade try and avoid doing any excessive physical activity during the heat wave um, and if you are getting into trouble you may find taking a cold even an ice bath um, uh, helps you can always do what athletes do, uh, pour water or keep your hair top wet because uh, then you're relying on evaporation to cool yourself. I know some of you may have air conditioning installed, even if it's in one room, just to deal with the heat. And uh, so please use it wisely. If the whole country air conditions its homes, you know, it creates a, a crisis in terms of energy supply. Uh, I have one of my patients actually who happens to be relatively wealthy, which makes a difference because she's actually installed a butcher's fridge. You know, one of those big fridges that you can walk into where they have, uh, they typically use them for hanging carcasses of animals in, in the butcher. Well, I mean, she's got a small one at home that she can actually push a wheelchair into it and um, it runs at four degrees centigrade. And she's been um, uh, using that. Uh, for years now and she goes into it you know four or five times a day usually spends 15 um, 20 even 30 minutes in it which it cools it down and she finds it indispensable in terms of managing her own fatigue and i would imagine she'll be using it now during this heat wave um, some people have bought cooling vests now there's different quality cooling vests some of them you can pack ice packs into them other ones have this uh, um, like a little refrigeration unit and it cycles cold liquid through uh, pipes in the cooling vest those ones are pretty high tech and they're quite expensive 
I mean, the ones that are really, really good are the ones that the astronauts use made by NASA. And actually, the NASA cooling vests are sold, but they cost thousands. Um, and one of the things we have difficulty is how effective these are. Uh, but the anecdotal experience in people who have cooling vests is that they do work. Um, unfortunately, the NHS doesn't pay for them, so you'll have to uh, purchase them yourself. <clears throat> now, women, for women with MS, um, some of you may have noticed that um, towards the end of your menstrual cycle, just after ovulation, um, you notice a, uh, a increasing uh, fatigue as well as potential UTOFs phenomenon occurring. And this is what I call catamenial fatigue. And the reason why it occurs is after you ovulate, uh, your body temperature goes up by 0.4 degrees centigrade. And this is actually used by women who follow natural cycles wanting to plan their pregnancies. Um, so as soon as you ovulate, your body temperature goes up, you know you're fertile. Uh, but that 0.4 degrees, which on average, uh, is sometimes sufficient uh, to cause fatigue or bring out UTOFs or other uh, neuro uh, neurological symptoms. And I have a large cluster of patients who spontaneously report to me that by taking anti-inflammatory drugs, ibuprofen, aspirin, even paracetamol, um, over this period of time, they keep their temperature down and it helps improve their um, uh, symptoms. And I refer to this as catamenial uh, fatigue. Catamenial is just the medical term um, we use for anything or any phenomenon relating to uh, menstruation. Um, we also have just simple diurnal fatigue. I'm not sure if you're aware, but our body temperature goes up and down. And most of us will uh, increase our body temperature from its nadir, which is the lowest, which is about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, where we, you know, we run it around about 36.3 degrees centigrade. And then uh, around about midday, um, well, it continues to go up as we become more active. And around about midday, it, it gets to about 37.5. Uh, so it goes up almost a, a whole degree, and it usually stays like that until late late afternoon, early evening, and then it drops again. And that diurnal variation, particularly in the afternoon, is enough to cause uh, fatigue. And I have, again, a few patients volunteer to me that they find using ibuprofen or paracetamol every day, um, they take it late morning, is enough to prevent this. And it, there is animal data showing you you can blunt the diurnal variation by taking anti-inflammatories. So you may want to try that if it's a big problem for you. Um, anyway, if you have got any of your own hacks that you've uh, discovered over the years in managing your, your temperature-related fatigue, please let me know or let us know via the uh, online uh, comments box because anything that helps you may be helpful for other people. And the whole purpose of MS Selfie is to try and share self-management techniques. And this is a particularly important one, uh, the fatigue. And then I want to conclude by just asking you to think about wellness. Um, I've become a big proponent of wellness. I know it's a nebulous entity, but the uh, we need to go beyond just simple health. Um, and as part of my marginal gains philosophy of managing MS, we should also focus on wellness. And wellness is this overarching um, term that includes not only our intellectual, emotional, physical, social, spiritual, uh, and occupational well-being, but also our environmental well-being. And, you know, we are living uh, in a time of environmental crisis. Uh, I'm not going to preach to you about what's happening to global, what's the planet in terms of global warming. But this heat wave and other things that are happening right now may actually be the important environmental cues uh, to prod us uh, towards living more sustainably. Um, 
Now, I'm not saying you as an MS person with multiple sclerosis needs to do X or Y. I think we as a society, okay, uh, need to do things and we need to get behind our politicians or at least pressurize our politicians to take uh, environmental crisis seriously. Otherwise, we're going to be um, we're going to be having these heat waves uh, uh, yearly, or maybe even more than every uh, once a year, and they have implications because you know if you can't function because of uh, environmental temperatures, you know it it impacts on everything in society. Anyway, enough said about the environmental issue. Um, finally, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. I need the funds. Um, um, to pay for our, my medical writer and our web designer who are putting together the MSL for microsite. It's looking quite good. You know, we've got the um, skeleton in place. And we're hoping to launch it by Ectrans, so sometime in uh, late September, early October. Um, and uh, the whole purpose of the microsite is to curate what's going on to MSL into like an online textbook, to be honest with you. So you can actually navigate via um, a menu system and find information very easily um, and also because it's going to be written in a very nice because the medical writer is a really good writer um, in a very nice format written for lay public and purging all the difficult to understand terms and also the format will be quite consistent so that's the whole purpose of the uh, MSL fee initiative I hope you enjoyed this let me know if there are any particular topics you uh, want to deal with as well